Welcome in to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. Tuesday, the 16th of August. I'm your host, Ben, joined just with the somewhat reliable, sometimes reliable, here every now and then again kind of guy. Keeney, how are you? Uh, very well, thanks, gents. It's lovely to be back on a Tuesday evening. I've simmered down a fraction, but I tell you, I'm going to get a bit hot with the guest we've got on, but before we do, Hod, you are looking lovely in the top right corner of my screen. How you going? Thank you, kind sir. It is uh, very, very exciting to have this. Were we on Tuesday last week? I can't even remember. We were. This is back-to-back Tuesdays. Oh, back-to-back Tuesdays, boys. How good are we going? Season approaching. We're just coming along. But, uh, yeah, big guest tonight. Big childhood hero of mine. (laughs) Well, I reckon for everyone listening in, they've probably narrowed down who it could possibly be, and we kind of even revealed who the last guest is going to be. So if anyone who is astute enough would have figured out who we've got coming on tonight, but that doesn't lessen the quality of person that we have on the podcast. But before we do, we're going to start with the Scoot's favorite segment, news of the NFL. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. And for anyone who doesn't understand what we're talking about there, I think the feedback from Scooter was, why the fuck would I tune into a podcast about people I know? and listen to NFL news when I can just get that shit on Sleeper on the daily. So this is for you, Scoot. Well, isn't it just nice to have some feedback from the great man? Because he went cold turkey all of last year. Reckons he didn't listen to us once. So we'll take the feedback. No problem. It's a good he, point. He did. But uh, I think the night of nights, which we've touched on before, and, and maybe I guess wasn't in attendance, which was a real shame. But the night of nights that Scoot's plays... Got him back on board, I reckon. He said he's listened to it at least 10 times, and haven't we all? So uh, that's got him back on board. But for Scooter, the reason we go through the news is so we can then relate it back to our uh, lineups and who it affects and basically give shit to the DFF as much as we can. It also ensures that uh, it's a one-stop shop for everyone listening out there. You don't need to tune into any other fantasy podcast. This is all you need because that means we skew the information you get. Uh, and that works out better for us. So we'll start off with some uh, some info about the guests or that would affect the guests that we had on last week. And that's Kamara's chance to actually start the season, not only start, but look to play the entire season this year uh, because it looks like that suspension's going to linger and be delayed till next year. Keeney, as a Saints fan, I'm sure you're all over this. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably good news for... Obviously, for this year, for the Saints. Uh, interesting position it puts Simos in with Kamara and CMC. Maybe he was going to look to get rid of CMC if Kamara was suspended. Maybe not now. Maybe he goes full steam ahead into this year, so we'll soon find out. But uh, all of a sudden, you look at his team, and he's got a very strong starting lineup if he plays all 16 games. Absolutely. He did have uh, the backup there, Chompers, as he alluded to last week. So don't know whether that just means that he doesn't look at keeping him around any longer or maybe keeps him up his sleeve for another year just to uh, have him there for the inevitable. But a lot can change in a year. And probably the one thing we probably haven't yet discussed about Kamara is just that impact with Jameis Winston. We didn't see him with Winston a whole lot last year because of the injury, but just we sort of we, we just assume that it's going to be another pass-friendly offense for running backs and... Who knows if he's if he's going to change the way he he's sort of gone about it in the past? But has he has he really been that friendly to 
to running backs in the past? I actually couldn't tell you. I'm not. I'm not having to go here. I just honestly don't know. We all know Drew Brees was. Mm. Well, I think the the only thing we look back at Winston is that big season he had where he finished top five, and that was all to wideouts, Bruce Arians, all the way down the field, deep receivers. So I think people naturally gravitate towards no, but in this offense, I think we found Winston to be a bit more conservative last year. Um, so I think it's still a possibility. Uh, and why wouldn't you go to Kamara? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the other thing, the quality of the guy he can dump the ball off to makes a difference as well. Probably the uh, biggest news, and this is, I guess, how everyone starts to watch preseason games now, and that is just hoping for the absolute best that your players don't get injured. And this was a big one. Zach Wilson going uh, out of the game with a non-contact injury, not what you want to see. Uh, Potential knee injury. There's a bit of speculation on what it could be. Reports saying that the structure of the ligaments are all good, but there's still a potential of a meniscus tear, which could be a long injury. It's usually about, Hod, you're the resident doctor. Is it about an eight-week injury, a meniscus tear, something in that range? Uh, in it, it really depends how much it's torn and if there's any subsequent ligament damage. But um, what I read was typically four to six. I think they'll be conservative with him and go six to eight. So I reckon the first quarter of the season he might be a bit dubious, but after that I think it'd be good. Yeah, and the flow-on effect with an injury like that is always fascinating to watch the waiver wise. And I don't know if you... Uh... Anyone paid close attention to the waiver wire after that went down, but two quarterbacks went, uh, got snapped up, and that was old White Lotus, Mike White, and Joe Flacco. So, any thoughts, Keeney, on those transactions? Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I sort of I saw the news about Zach Wilson. I honestly thought in the end it's been a good result for the DFF that he thought he might have escaped something a bit more serious, which is good to see. Um, According to the waivers, like I sort of didn't really give it a heap of thought, to be honest, because um, I just don't rate either of them. I think I've been on this pod saying I just probably won't pick up a guy that I'll never start. But um, I did find it interesting that Mike White got a bit of love, didn't he? Like Joe Flacco is clearly the, the next in line. And and there's there's some questions to be raised uh, with uh, the, the haircuts, the sensible haircuts, as to why he wants to get a QB when he wants to tank and lose and not score many points on the bench and all that sort of stuff. So there's certainly some questions out of it. Hod, did you have any extra detail? Well, it's not only the sensible man, but also Timos put a bid in for the White Lotus, but both of them didn't put a bid in mm. for Flacco, which I find a little off. Like, if you're not going to get one, why not try the other? And it turns out that the one that they didn't bid on is higher up on the depth chart, which is a little odd. Do you, did you also find it interesting that the DFF didn't bother to bid on either of them and just went, well, I'll just ride this out and see how it goes? Well, no, I'm not, because if he has the same confidence as Keeney does there, he's going to win 10 dynasty championships in the next 10 years. So he's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you say that injury could linger the first four or five weeks. Now, it's a bit unfortunate for him that we've changed that schedule to play the division in the first four or five weeks, which could be oh, used oh. plays gym week one, probably, well, almost definitely without Zach Wilson, right? But in all reality, it's probably, again, a, a good result that it, it wasn't a lot worse. But um, yeah, fascinating the DFF didn't put a bid in. And I, I thought it was sort of good that it was basically day one after the, the um, Fab 
uh, reset yeah. for the season. So as um, people are eating into their fat budget already, not that there's a, a ton on the waiver wire, as we know. I reckon that made a big difference with the lack of bids on these two blokes. Because if it is, like, you didn't know at the time, it could have been season long, could have been half a season. But mm. to get a potential starter for even that amount of time is always good to have. Um, but, yeah, I reckon the DFF had a bit of confidence that either the injury wasn't as bad as what they made out or that Jimmy G actually would have been a higher chance than either of these two blokes starting for the Jets in week one. That's my general belief. No, nah, very... <laughs> Yeah, very interesting stuff. And before we move on to uh, our great guest this evening, I will just say how good is it to have preseason football back? It's the confirmation bias season is upon us. It's either the players that we like played well and they showed a bit, or it's week one of preseason. So who cares? <laughs> I'll be all right. So I just, I just love this time of year. Have you blokes ever been so excited to see your player go from healthy to questionable? Are you getting but, those as well? Yeah, well? When I sift I through am. the 57 updates that Sleeper sent through and they seem to all be in bulk as well. It's great. I tell you, and I'll tell you one other thing before we move on is this is what Dynasty will do to a man and that is on a Saturday morning I tuned into Cleveland Jacksonville <laughs> in Jacksonville just to see how a few of my young pup Browns are going. When else would I have done that? It's just it, it's yeah, so absolutely. good. It is the best. All right, well... We, uh, we teased it out at the start of the pod and we won't keep the listeners waiting any longer for this gem and that is our penultimate team review for the league here and uh, I'll kick it off with a song here. And don't let the song fool you there. Don't let that bring the mood down because this guy's about to jump on and bring the mood up. But uh, I do welcome to the pod Justin Herbert's number one fan, as his name suggests here on WebEx, and that is Michael Camo Cummins of the San Diego Demons. How are you doing, mate? Fantastic, boys. So uh, so happy to be here in the traditional Tuesday night time slot. <laughs> Well, I don't know what you guys are reading because I read it as Justin Herbert's OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed he has a subscription. <laughs> He's the admin for it, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, Happy Tissues himself. What do you no mean, Andy, what you're talking He's about? He's the only member. <laughs> uh, he gets oh, himself a big herb. What do you reckon about this song, mate? Does that sum up you and, uh, and your team? I had no idea what that song's on about, to be fair. You don't know? I reckon it's nah. how the uh, players on your roster feel every time that they either end up or get shipped off. They just they start questioning what, what, what more can they offer. Uh, some blokes don't even get an opportunity to even start your uh, season. They get brought in the off-season and shipped off before round one. So I just reckon you've got a few blokes questioning uh, what more they could do to be a demon. It's a, it's a great point, Ben. Can we ask you, Camo, what is your probation period for them? No, everyone, everyone that signs on at the San Diego Demons is well aware that they are there as a tradable asset and they could their tenure may be as quick or as long as uh, we deem fit. Yeah, Everyone's aware of that. There's clearly a no-dickhead uh, policy down at the San Diego Demons and people are well aware. It might be a culture thing, Camo. It might just be a culture thing that uh, if you slip up, it won't last very long at the San Diego Demons. And if you end up at the DFF, that's sort of where you go to retire. So you can take it or leave it, really. Spot on. 
All right. Well, we've given uh, we've given the floor to every other guest that's been on. Just uh, any thoughts you've you've now had a chance, and we have no doubt that you've listened intently to every one of these podcasts that we've brought out with every other uh, league member before you. So, any thoughts, feedback, any opinions about what the previous guests have brought to the table? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the podcast, guys. As the three of you are well aware. Um, yeah, it's been some interesting takes on the on the podcast so far. Um, I suppose I'll just kick it off with a couple of my uh, division rivals. Um, start off with the DFF. And I just got to, right off the bat, I've just got so much respect for the guy. <laughs> I really do. And I say that because I just have no idea how he has any fun in this league. Like, he's a two-time toilet bowl winner who refuses to make trades. And the only good thing about playing this game is winning and making trades. And yet he still seems to enjoy himself. So huge respect for him. And one thing we can all agree on is he is the king guest of this podcast. Like I haven't seen the numbers, but surely the ratings are up when he's on. I like the um, I like the huge respect to then comment and say he's got a shit roster, and I'm glad he's in the division. <laughs> Massive respect. I, yeah, I, I heard. That I think too. that's putting words in my mouth. Did not say that. I paraphrased. Did I heard with all due respect, and then <laughs> oh. who else? Come that'll, up? that'll be it for DFF on this podcast. He yeah, gets far too much airtime. Yeah, time. that's fair. Um, look, Jim, I. Uh, do not have a bad word to say about Jim because he outscored me last season. So I've got nothing nothing negative to say there. Brody, my original rival. Oh. <laughs> I look Why is he no longer no, no oh, He's probably just not quite in my league for a couple of years. Oh, he's ruled you out for next year too, <laughs> mate. And 2024. <laughs> oh. Wow. All right. Well, we'll just... For 2025, it's back on. The rivalry is back on 2025 season. Rivalry or not, Camo, we always have respectable trading discussions. So we'll 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 keep it we'll keep it there. Very true. And that's probably why you won't hear me slag off any of uh, our league mates because uh, I do need to keep all 11 of them on side or 10 well... out of 11 anyway, of course. <laughs> yeah, don't bother with one. Um, let's get a bit more pointed. Your main man, Manny, you're good mates with him. Now, talk to us about his strategy and his his podcast oh in general. God. Gee whiz, the ramblings of a madman. But uh, what are your what are your thoughts on uh, his strategy? The great there is, man. There's only one thing you need to know about Manny, and that is that he worked in politics, and it really does show. Um, Firstly, he will never, ever, ever under any circumstances admit that he's wrong. Like, he can trade elite quarterbacks for draft picks in a draft with no quarterbacks and will never admit that that was an error, ever. Spin, that's the next thing. You can ask him a question, as you folks have done. He'll talk for 10 to 15 minutes and give you absolutely nothing, like not even a second on the actual responding to the question. Just will talk and talk and talk until everyone's forgotten what the original question was. <laughs> and the final thing that politics has done to him is the blame game. Like, he just will not take responsibility. Like, fancy bringing his poor mum, Mary, is an absolute saint, and he brings <laughs> her good name into disrepute on this podcast. Shameful. <laughs> oh, I, um, you know what? He's, he's copped it since his podcast. So I'm going to stand in and just defend 
a fellow division member just for a little bit here. Uh, I think we're overlooking the fact that we brought him onto the podcast, <laughs> made him pull over on the middle of his trek out to the Mornington Peninsula or wherever he was going, and then actually kept him from eating dinner after footy training um, to the point where I don't know if we revealed, but yeah, he he went to get Maccas after we finished recording at about 11 p.m. and they were closed. So maybe he was just hallucinating a little bit on an empty stomach and maybe that's why he was just talking in circles. I don't know. I'll give him benefit of the doubt. Does love his Maccas, Manny. So I'm sure that would have been really grim when uh, they were shut. <laughs> All right. Anyone else? He's, anyone he's else, one of the Jim? Or... Fascinating guys. Just before. <laughs> like, I can't wait to see where Manny's squad ends up. It's just going to be. Well, it could be anywhere after his uh, Mike White. Pursuit. That, but the beauty about Manny is he's got at least eight years to work it out before he thinks <laughs> about contending, which will be good. What about uh, what about what about Papa? Take us all the way back to the Punisher himself. I don't have much on Papa, to be honest. I really don't. Um, you know, he's just like he's in the league, and that's great. And, um, <laughs> What about his diet? <laughs> <laughs> is it is it better oh. or worse than Manny's? <laughs> well, provided Manny uses the Macca's app and gets the discounts off that, he might scrape through 60 a week as well. But <laughs> I'm tipping probably not. He's on the app. No. <laughs> that is hardcore, isn't it? The Macca's app. I love that. <laughs> Hey, am I inferring again and you're saying that Papa offers nothing to this league? Is that what you just said? No, definitely not. I would not say that. It's just because he's not in my division. Um, you know, I just don't have, a, don't have a lot to say. Fair call. What about Jake? He was an interesting one in terms of uh, a team that's flown under the radar. Obviously, your team we'll get into in a bit as a team that uh, is looking to compete. What are your feelings on Jake and his team? Yeah, definitely. So... In my opinion, there's only three contenders in this league, which is the great thing about Dynasty, is that you've got 12 teams in the comp. And already before the season starts, I think there's probably only three that can win it. And Jake is 100% in uh, in that, in the talk for that. So I'd say he's the number two seed to take it all out. Who are you leaving? Um, he's yeah, I'm kidding. Of... not leaving yourself out, are you? He's leaving me out. Definitely not. <laughs> Speak up. Yeah, so um, Jake would definitely be the, the number two seed for sure. He's done very well. Done very well. He, I mean, he's come out, won the ring straight off the bat and um, has just sneakily sort of flown under the radar a little bit, made a couple of really strategic moves and, um, you know, good luck to him. I think he's uh, in with a big chance to be the, the first two-time winner. Yeah, now, boys, there, there is a lot of big dick energy going on between the three of you. Like, this this might be the top three seeds in the league, and I'm just looking around the screens. Not, not according to Gummo. <laughs> oh, wow. There's a, there's a bit of angst here. This is juicy. Who's the number one seed, in your opinion, Gummo? Kenny. Yeah. Kenny's got the strongest roster and um, some good bench depth as well, because as we all know, there will come a time where the injuries um, unfortunately arrive. And, um, yeah, Keeney and also I think Jake have got the depth to uh, take a couple of injuries and still be really strong. So hence why they're number one and number two. Fair call. 
I just I can go, see you sitting there on the edge of your seat, Ben, just wanting to know where you, where you so, stack up. Or no, I, I mean, I don't really give a fuck about your opinion, to be honest. But. <laughs> <laughs> right, so why don't you think Ben's a chance, Camo? I think he's one running back short. Don't need to bring my heart into this, mate. Sorry, mate. I was just thinking, far be it from me to ever comment on anyone's height, but there's more one, one more running back, and uh, you vault up the uh, up my seedings. Well, rankings. The season is young. Um, I, I'm, I'll try and I'll try and bring my team up into that top three ranking for you. Uh, just quickly though, this guy here, he's a number one fan of the podcast, as he's just admitted. And claim that if the DFF's episode isn't the most listened to episode, he'd be shocked. I've just quickly got up the stats here and he is bang on. It is the most listened to episode that we've had uh, in a very long while. I'm going to, this is in the drunken ramblings. I'll compare those two, but just in terms of our team reviews, he is, he's absolutely dominating that one. Jim was actually the most listened to for a very long time in that category. And then DFF has pipped him. I'll uh, give me a second. I'll see if I can get the older episodes well, up. While you take the second, it's you're hearing what I've told you all along. It is the best division in world sport. It's no coincidence that the top two rated are the boys, Jim <laughs> and DFF. I don't know where I slotted or come over. We'll wait to see where we'll come over. It doesn't matter. Number one and two represent the division. The draft oh, night, Keeney, is is just marginally ahead of the DFF. I'm talking about less than three listens. But that's <laughs> like that's like sixty percent higher. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, I may have some information later in the pod hot that might dismiss that theory of being the best division in world sport, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Yeah, uh, well. Another fun fact, our, our very first podcast is easily the most listened to and it's probably the worst fucking one we've ever put together. So that's fun to know that we've gone nothing but downhill since then. <laughs> we're now, speaking of downhill, where's our guest? Oh, he's dropped off the face of the earth ever since we... Uh, bit like your roster. Yeah, ever since he took a stab, it's almost like I kicked him off the chat. Um, so we might just have to wait and see if he can figure out his technical... Issues here um, probably makes you put, asking questions a little bit harder, doesn't it? Should you put the closing music on and we can just ramble well, for another? I'm afraid if I put that on, mate, you might fucking fire up and start getting <laughs> yeah. in arguments with Hot and I. So I'm a little bit <laughs> hesitant to put that one on. A fair shout. <laughs> well, why don't why don't we run through his uh, records for the listeners just to paint a picture of how good this man has been, or not? Hmm. Go for it, Hod. Kick us off with his first season. I can't read this table. You, you blokes do it. No, I'll, uh, I'll have a go. So first year in the league, I actually can't sort of remember how he drafted in the startup. I thought he was reasonably aggressive. He took Mahomes and Deshaun Watson to start, but then I'm not really sure what he did after that. Um, but he certainly sewed away the two QBs. He ended up with a 3-10 and 10 record, which was a little bit underwhelming. He was, he was reasonably unlucky. He, he was unlucky by about a game and a bit. Uh, but it was probably more to the to lower end of the league. And then, as we know, year two, he got cooking with some trades. Um, and uh, we'll get to that in a sec. But he went to, ta- he went to task uh, on the trade table and on the waiver wire and um, moved up to eight and six um, and was maybe a little fortunate there, but made the playoffs. Won a playoff game, which was good. 
um, and, and ultimately got rolled uh, by this is great stuff live on the podcast. Me. But he got he got rolled by Ben in the um, by a B's poofteenth in the playoff number two. All right. He had a good second season. There's no doubt about that. All right. We've got the man back on. We've just had to pause there and figure that oh. out. But we just, for a, a moment there, had two number one fans in the uh, in the chat here. What's going on, Camo? How did you manage that? Not sure what happened. Um, I do have two phones. So uh, when one drops out, I just thought I'd uh, quickly bring up the other one and get back on. Sorry, Boy, boys. are we surprised that Leisure Suit Larry has a burner phone? <laughs> nah. I was, yeah. It had real orgy vibes here on uh, Zoom, so. Oh, shit. Oh, well, wow, just to fill you in, mate, we uh, we kept talking while you were gone, hoping that you'd jump back on, but we've just recapped your first couple of seasons, the uh, the poor start to your first season and then the turnaround in the second season. We just finished by uh, recapping how you made the playoffs and, and you lost to a team in the playoffs um, quite convincingly in the end. I don't even think it was that close, was it, Camo? Uh, it's completely been wiped from my memory, Ben. Um, you may have better better recollection, though. Bef- hey, before we get uh, stuck into your team, Camo, and maybe looking at sort of the last two years, so 11 and 16 in total over the two years. Now, we know you had a poor first year, but that's okay. Um, I just want to bring this up with you, Camo. The reason you're second last on this podcast is because there's high, high expectations this year. We don't just put the the shit sippers at the end, mate. We put the real fair income guys at the end. Are you feeling the pressure given that you haven't really done a whole lot thus far? Personally, I thought I was going to be sort of second last on because my team likely would have changed if you had me on any earlier. That was the real reason I thought it was. But look, very humble as you, you, you know, pointed out i haven't achieved anything in this league as yet so from my perspective um i think trending in the right direction and keen to see if i can go back to back in the sunny weaver junior division i'm a you know division winner so it's something i suppose that's well, about is it, it. is it in that division? in that division is that yeah doesn't really count you uh, uh you guys keep talking it up and uh, the four of us will prove you all wrong just wait and see you touched on it there you said that uh Time will tell about whether you will accomplish things in this league because Keeney's very good at finding nuggets of information when he sifts through people's teams. I'm seeing this one, Keeney. Am I right in reading this, that you are the second lowest top score in the league which means, and you've never broken the score of 150 in any games? Yeah, that, that's right, Benjamin. So in terms of everyone's top score ever in the, in the first two years, Cumber has the second lowest at 148. Uh, who who do you reckon the lowest might be? Oh, another division member? Potentially. Yep. And the other thing about this wonderful division is that your good self and the DFF has yet to trouble the scorers on the old weekly winnings, yet to pocket a dollar out of this league. So if you're telling me this is the best division in world sport, why won't you do anything when it counts? Because it's a dynasty, and we're not all here to uh, go out in a blaze of glory year one and two. Some of us are, I don't want to say building, because I think someone else has trademarked that that terminology, but, you know, we're growing 
we're developing, we're moving in the right direction. I'm sure I'll you are what. growing. Talking about Justin Herbert. Gee whiz. I was going to say, I'll tell you what you're doing. You're trading. Can we just have a look at this? 58 trades in the first two and a half <laughs> years here. You had 35 in the second year, including 49 waiver, waiver wire additions in year two. So... Uh, all in all, just the just the eighty four transactions in year two. That's one way to one way to change the uh, look of your lineup. And I'll, absolutely, right. The strength of this division, Camo and the DFF, have eighty four transactions between them. Woo! <laughs> 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 yes, love it. We did mention as well when he was on the other week. He is is your bunny in the league in terms of a one and three record against him all time. Are you? Is that your number one goal for this year outside of being a successful team is to break that curse that the DFS ha- DFF has on you? Yeah, it went zip two in uh, season one. Just uh, I didn't want him to quit the league. I just thought I'd hand out a couple of cheap wins to keep him interested. And then last year, I think we split one all. So this just could be the year where trending, I could... Uh, trending for two well, wins. Well, if there's ever an opponent that knows how to double something every season, I think you're <laughs> going to go two and zero this year. That's right. Oh, very good. Well, let's talk about the changes to your lineup here because we normally do just sort of go through the roster changes, but I feel like that would be the whole podcast if we spend our time doing that. What we're going to focus in on here is we spoke about it at the very top that everyone on your roster is sort of living in fear out of how secure their spot is. Just off the top of your head, rough guess, how many blokes since the season ended last season do you think have been on and off your roster before round one? All right, so we've got 25 and five on the taxi, don't we? So we've got 30. Uh, it's got to be close to 20. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that's including no. waivers. Let's go with just trades. How many blokes have you traded in and out? Because we actually didn't count how many waivers you dropped. Oh, gotcha. So this year, from January, yep. Yep. Uh, traded in, let's say, 12 players. And traded them out. Yeah, well, in and out. I suppose draft picks, not players. So, yeah, it would have been 12. Yeah, close to 12 players come in. Well, maybe uh, maybe you've got a lot of trades in the work that I, I don't uh, think, haven't pulled uh, the trigger on here. I don't think he fully understands this question. I'm talking trade Dak Prescott in and then sell him. Not talking about the ones you keep, the ones you oh, get in those and ones. get rid of before he even takes a snap with the demons. Yeah, got you. Okay, so it'd be... The 12 oh, total. Only... So how many of the 12 do you reckon? Yeah, it can't be many. Three? Two or three? I, th- I think the guest here is being a little little subtle. He knows it, what in and out means. Don't you worry about that. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit more. Yeah, yeah, we. yeah there were, um, there were seven. Double one. There what? were seven. Seven, Camo. We can we can list them. Here they are. Dak Prescott, Gabe Davis, Jarrett Patterson, Davis Mills, Calvin Ridley, Garrett Wilson, and Nico Collins all managed to find their way onto the San Diego Demons roster before <laughs> exiting, before even uh, playing a game. So um, very interesting stuff from you, Camo. He loves a trade. That is true. I know that there's only one person who has been on my roster since our inaugural startup draft the entire time. Who is the one? Who is the Mr. Relevant? Are you counting someone who has has departed and come back? Not counting players that have left and come back, just the original demons and who are still there the whole time. There's only one player. 
and they've never started for me ever in their life. Your first four picks are all gone. I know those. Yeah. My first oh. 20 picks are all gone, I think. <laughs> oh, fuck, okay. There's a hint. <laughs> Come on, boys. Let's get this. Let's get the guess. Well, I've got the draft board here, so that might... Uh... Uh, don't look at the draft board. How the fuck are we going to guess well, these 21st pick on... Oh, okay. By looking at his roster. This is riveting listening for uh, anyone. While you two look at his roster, because I'm going to try and just fill in, I'm going to uh, just touch on your quarterbacks here because it is a, it's a position that we've discussed at length about position scarcity. Uh, Keeney's got his hand up. He thinks he knows. But I'm just going to quickly touch on your quarterbacks here. Herbert, Tua, Matt Ryan, Kyle Trask, and Tyrod Taylor. Three absolute starters there. And then Tyrod, who's got a potential chance of seeing some snaps, depending on how this you, season goes. You, Keeney. you keep mentioning his name, Ben. Tyrod Taylor. That I could be the man. Peppering him the without even realizing. There you go. He's the one. The only one. There you go. And, then, and that's that. But that's ironically, the irony around all that is phenomenal because he's the one that got the jet, injection in the back and got the love fest of Herbert oh, in that's the building. Why. It's unreal. He's the origin story of Herbert. That's why you've Life kept him around. Life comes at you fast. <laughs> yep, spot on. Sometimes oh, it's hard to breathe. Hey, um, um, before we go through his skill positions one by one, and it's look, it's a lot easier when you're looking at it on a screen, but if we actually look at his roster changes from this year through his tra- all his trades that he's done, you'd have to say that he's improved his running back room, yep. he's clearly improved his wide receiver room, mm-hmm. and clearly improved his tight end room. So the burrow down to two R is, is the one exception, but the wide, rec- wide receiver difference from Hollywood Brown, Brandon Cooks, Juju, and Devonta Smith to CeeDee Lamb, AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, who's huge. got a lot of hype in the offseat, and that's a huge bump for your team. There is one other thing you've left off there, Keeney, is the draft pick situation. Well, obviously, you've got to spend to get better. Um, That's true. We, we, haven't, we haven't gone down sort of what you spent because it, it got a bit taxing and a bit a bit tough, to be honest. But um, clearly, you've spent a bit of capital, but um, that's what you have to do to get better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You uh, always got to be moving forward in this league, that's for sure. So I just, at the end of last season, I looked at it, knew I had good quarterbacks and that was it. And I knew if I need to compete... Um, with the you know the Kingy and uh, and Jakes of the world, then I need to make a few <laughs> trades and and get better in those skill positions, which I feel like I've done. So bring on the season. Now we don't edit this podcast very often, Camo, but I think you're forcing a hand here. I don't think the host is dealing with this very well at all. I didn't know if my internet cut out or Ben kicked me off earlier, just quietly. <laughs> I may have hinted at that when you weren't on. Um, no, no, it's fine. You know, people thought that uh, I was a shoe in last year. It didn't happen, so I I prefer to uh, have people focusing on Jake and Keeney and Camo. All good. People don't forget. <laughs> hey, hey, um, you mentioned Ben, one of Camo's quarterbacks. So the one that he got in in his roster changes. Who? How do you pronounce that um, that quarterback's name again? Have you got that? J- Justin. No, that... from this year. From this year, mate. I'm trying to give you a nice, easy half volley, and you've just butchered it. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Which one? Uh, the one he traded in. 
Is that what yeah. you're saying this year? Yeah, he yeah. came up to me and tried to give me the old good tag, whatever you <laughs> pronounce his last name. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Good and tug. <laughs> That's right. Two of Feather Boa made his way onto your list. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, Kenny, gold. you pointed out about the positions and and strengthening running back wide receiver. I don't think it's a massive drop from Burrow to Tua. Now, I know no. that like there's a lot of hype on Burrow, so you've sold him at an all-time high, but you've probably bought Tua at an all-time low because since you got him, he's had nothing but uh, skill positions put around him. It was before the Tyreek trade there. So you must be feeling pretty good about how much – He's risen in value even before he's played a, a snap for this upcoming season. Yeah, for sure. So I went from Burrow to Dak and then Dak down to Tua. So it was a two-step process. Um, and, yeah, just improve those skill positions along the way. With Tua, he's uh, at a very interesting point in his career because you kind of feel like if the Dolphins do well, it might be sort of Waddle and Hill getting the, uh, getting the glory. But uh, I got a bit of faith in Tua. He went in the pick before Herbert, of course, in the real draft. So we'll uh, see if he can step it up this season. Well, if if you can, Camo, maybe talk to that faith because you did this before, uh, I believe, is that correct? You did this before the acquisitions? Yep. Um, so you're, you're obviously very high on him um, before the, the Tyreek Hills of the world come into that squad. So... What what give us some insight as to um, other than the draft position above the Messiah? Um, what what do you like in Tua? Um, so for me, it was the the new coaching setup that they had at Miami. Um, already Jalen Waddle was there, um, so that was already attractive. Um, and I suppose from my perspective, it was more the AJ Brown side of that trade as opposed to the Tua side. It was more trading out Dak, requiring a quarterback in to replace him. But AJ Brown was kind of the centerpiece of that trade. So excited to see if he can stay on the park this year and score a few of those uh, epic touchdowns that he's got in him. I was going to say, you started sounding a bit like Manny there. I, I didn't know where that was going. I, I was about to interrupt and say, this is this is bullshit. It's all about AJ Brown that was in the deal. Um, that was yeah clearly one of the main main drivers. But... You know, you look at sort of the net net result, as you said, Ben, like you'd say it's a step down from, from Joe Burrow, but in his own right, um, you know, Tua can have a pretty good season. It does leave you at an interesting position with your whole quarterback room, I reckon. Clearly, Herbert, we're pretty comfortable with. Matt Ryan should have a pretty good year, you'd think, and how who knows how many more years he's got left. And then sort of there's a few unknowns if, Tua, if Tua doesn't perform this year. So how are you sort of feeling overall with that room? Yeah, exactly right. So... I've got faith that Tua will step up, which is good. But if he doesn't, then you're right, slim picking. So then I'm going to have to reverse course and <laughs> go back uh, trading away those skill positions to upgrade the quarterback. So hopefully it doesn't come to that. Would you ever sell Justin Herbert? Uh, it's probably more likely that um, you know Christian Petrarca and Clayton Oliver get traded than uh, Justin Herbert, I'd have thought. <laughs> So you spoke about all the positives of Tua getting him into your roster. So that tells me that you're absolutely set on this bloke and you're going to have him on your squad for the season and not looking to ship him out before the season starts? Please, Ben. Come on. 
as if I would guarantee anyone's spot on this roster apart from Justin Herbert. <laughs> oh, just only because the DFF, I don't know, we've said his name a few times, he, he hinted at maybe the potential of you floating to a feather boa his way. Well, if I can, boys, while, while we are on uh, the one man that will not move from the Demons roster, can we revisit arguably the biggest trade in the Empire Dynasty League history? And I will take you back to the numbers here. It was Patrick Mahomes for Justin Herbert, a 2021 first and 2021 second. Now, the reason I bring it up is because if you go to Dynasty rankings right now, Justin Herbert, in more often than not, is above Mahomes. And it is because of the age, mostly, I believe. I think he's got two or three years younger. But Patrick Mahomes was the number one quarterback uh, for the rest of eternity in everyone's eyes only just a year ago. And now Herbert's rise, uh, you've got to be pretty happy happy with that trade come out and not only happy with how it's turned out but obviously with your man coming in but uh yeah you'd, you'd have to be chuffed wouldn't you yeah so that, that was uh certainly the biggest trade um i've made i when i when it comes to a big trade like that i like to uh slide into the dms of a few uh fantasy sort of podcast hosts and not you three but you know outside the league and just get their opinions and I think I asked about 10, and nine of them said, don't do it, you're an idiot. And uh, only one bloke was like, well, if you like Herbert, just do it. And I'm like, yeah, true, I like Herbert, so I just did it. So, so at the time, I, it was, I thought it was unders. So I'm not going to sit back and claim what a great uh, trade win that was because uh, it certainly didn't, didn't feel like that, that's for sure. I love how you've gone to 10 analysts and basically – you would have gone to 20 if the, the first 19 said no. You were just waiting for one. Yeah, I was just waiting yes, for one. And you got the green light. I'm going, boys. <laughs> can I Can I just put, because I like doing this, putting plays into context. And you're right, Camo. You, you came at me, obviously, initially wanting two firsts out of it. I didn't want to budge on that. So it became a first and a second, which I was pretty happy with, like you pointed out. Hot at the time, Mahomes easily the number one asset in Superflex Dynasty. But... Also, I guess there was a little bit of like, could Herbert continue to rise on what he did in his rookie season or was it an outlier? That's such a short sample size. So I, I took the safer play there. But how's this when you put plays into context? It actually turned into Mahomes for Justin Herbert, Trey Lance and a- Amon Ra St. Brown. That's what the trade was in the end. I think I kept those picks. It's, it's been a tough pod for you tonight, Ben. Not bad, huh? But you've got um, Mahomes, so you'll be right. You'll yeah, survive. I'm not crying yet. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth's pretty good. Yeah, no, you know, some people, they like, you know, finishing in the top four. It's where's, um, where's the defending champ in your rankings, Camo? Um, yeah, so he's in an interesting spot, of course, in that he could trade his way back up my rankings, but with current... Uh, rosters, he'd be you know midfield if that like chance to make playoffs, but probably not. That's why I'd kind of have him and his current squad. I reckon you're the first person to have that opinion about his team as it stands right now. Everyone else has sort of come on and said, "Oh, he's in a pretty good spot to to 
push again for another title. But uh, why why have you got such a differing opinion to everyone else? Is it because you pay attention to what people do to their teams in the off season? Uh, just look at the previous uh, Super Bowl losers going forward. And uh, I'm a bit worried about the Bengals this season. So, uh, as we all know, Matty Mac very heavily invested in Cincinnati. So if anything was to go wrong there, um, you know, he's uh, right down the bottom, in my opinion. So provided they're okay, then, yeah, he'll be around the mark for the playoffs. But outside of uh, those three and obviously Josh Allen, um, yeah, I can see there being some tough times until he obviously hits up the 2023 draft and then um, he'll be right back up there straight after that. Well, it's an interesting point and, and we'll get him on next week to find out the answer to this if he is going to be candid about it. Do you think he gives up any of those assets or do you think that he clings on for dear life and white knuckles those picks until he makes them? Yeah, no, unless uh, DFF has any incriminating photos on him that he can get another first off him, I don't think so. I think DFF's the only team he'd trade a first to. So I think those six will be uh, draft picks made. They're not alluding to any sort of collusion, are you there, Kummer? Definitely not. Good. Definitely not. Good. In the spirit of the league, we'd want to hope not. Um, we'll know pretty early with uh, Thais next year too because if it's if it's a bit of a rocky first five or six weeks, there's no way he's trading them. Oh. Well, in, in the spirit of this episode, we've got Thais on next week, so let's stick with the main man here. Um, are we happy with the quarterback room, boys? We've touched on a fair bit there. Probably just Matt Ryan. If you a quick take, I'm obviously interested in your thoughts. Being the Colts this year, but just a quick one on Matt Ryan. How do you think he'll go? Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Mike Pittman and uh, a couple of other weapons he's got there. Delaney, uh, the head coach, goes all right as well. So I think they'll um, utilize the old statue of Matt Ryan to probably. Score about 15 or 16 points a week, which is perfect for my coverage over the buy rounds. Um, he's got the upside as well to, if they're in the dome in a shootout, he can throw four or five touchdowns and get a decent score for me. So I think he'll go all right this year. But more importantly, what do you think as the uh, resident Colts fan? Um, I think I think you nailed it there. I think, as Kenny would touch on, I think the you know quarterback and low quarterback one, quarterback two that don't lose you a week are pretty handy to have on your roster. I think you've got one of them in your third position there, um, which will be nice coverage for you. Kenny, did you have some thoughts there? No, no, I was going to say, you could argue it's definitely an upgrade than with what you had last year at uh, Indianapolis. But also, are you saying right now it's probably starting tour ahead of Matt Ryan in week one? Yeah, so it's interesting because Tua's got the Patriots week one and uh, Ryan has Houston, I believe. So Matt Ryan could be getting the gig week one, but Tua will be starting the majority of the weeks. Oh, uh, that's gonna... Yeah, now you go, Matt. I was just going to say, we one thing we haven't talked about is these two gentlemen play each other in week one. And we haven't... That's a great segue because it probably sums up where I'm at versus Camo because I don't know who's playing who in week one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that, that's well, I think we have dip- Kenny, uh, to I would have I would have just backed to her in with this offense. Um, Tyreek Hill's uh, actually been one of the kryptonites for the Patriots over the years. I think he has a pretty successful time against them. So 
I would have thought you'd plug tour in straight away and just see what you get. But <laughs> mind uh, the mind games might wait for our matchup. Can't wait. Um, what about the running backs? Let's get on this. I think uh, did we talk about this position group earlier? Maybe one short, or maybe the weaker of. It's probably more. Uh, that was that was his comment on Ben's squad, actually. But uh, yeah, yeah, it is a it is a, a a little skinny, I reckon. J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, James Connor. I think those three are really solid. Chase Edmonds has some upside, and then Jamal Williams is a more of your flex sort of play if you need to. Matt Breeders, tough to start. Dontrell Hilliard and Kevin Harris. So it sort of drops away there the last three or four, I reckon. You conveniently left someone off there, King. Did I? Well, it wasn't me. I didn't do the uh, Google sheet. I reckon I've left off a good player called Javante Williams, who is your love child. I know you like you like Justin Herbert, but Javante might be your number two. Absolutely. Um, Javante Bay. That, that makes, that makes your running back, back room a little bit better, oh, that's, actually. That's my fuck up. I, I wrote Jamal instead of Javante. Ah. <laughs> you don't have Jamal. Javante is a better player. Yeah. A slight downgrade. Who would have thought the bloke you you reckon's no chance this year is just sabotage your list? No, I'm making a prediction that Javante won't be on his list and Jamal will be at some point in time. Oh, and from a probability standpoint, I reckon I'm about a hundred percent chance of that being accurate. Now, Keeney, you you mentioned the first three names there, Dobbins, Gibson, and Connor as pretty safe bets. Now, I would argue Antonio Gibson is not having the best off-season so far. So, Camo, where do you sit with him as one of your, uh, you could call him one of your prominent running backs on this roster? Yeah, for sure. One of my top top four running backs, definitely. Um, yeah, preseason hasn't been great, but as I think we kicked off the show with, if uh, things are looking good, you can talk it up, and if they're not, you just simply say it's preseason week one. So I'm certainly not worried yet. We'll uh, see what happens come week one. I just figure with all backfields really in the NFL, they can come out at the start of the season and predict who's going to be starting, what percentage, etc. But I think the cream will rise to the top, and he's still definitely the number one running back at that that team. I can't even think what they're called nowadays. Commanders. So they've had like three team names. Since we've done this dynasty league, and Timos hasn't even had one yet, so it's kind of crazy how that works out. But <laughs> I reckon they'll um he'll start week one, go right, and then people forget about preseason pretty quick after that. I tell you what, it is a very polarizing running back room. You could make a case for and against a lot of these players. J.K. Dobbins obviously coming off the ACL, but if he's all good, he could be an absolute monster. Gibson, we've talked about. James Connor had. 18 touchdowns last year. but RB5. He's in... Sorry? RB5. RB5. Off the back of a lot of usage, number one, but scoring number two. Um, will he repeat that? He's in a high-powered offense, so he's every chance to. Um, and Javante Williams, if Melvin Gordon wasn't there, he'd be huge. But who knows? He might not be there for too, too much longer. So you've really got a, a real wide range of outcomes with a lot of those sort of top four of in your roster, which makes it... Makes it pretty interesting. And, and I think, importantly for you, by the end of the year, your running back room could look a lot better than what it does right now. Yeah, for sure. I'm not expecting much out of J.K. Dobbins for the first probably half of the year. I think it's only really Adrian Peterson we've seen come back from an ACL and dominate straight away. Um, so I'd be expecting that he'd probably be riding the bench for the first half of the year for me. And then I really hope he'll kick into gear second half of the season. 
When it comes to uh, the Denver situation, I'm really not worried about Melvin Gordon. I mean, if they didn't bring him back, they would have just brought someone else in of his sort of caliber to to chip in when required. So um, he doesn't sort of phase me. Uh, once again, I'm expecting Javante to sort of pick up towards the business end of the year as well. Um, so we will see. And as for uh, Connor, he wasn't really on my radar, but my trade just came across my desk and I thought I'd scoop it up. And um, yeah, not really sure what to expect out of him. I reckon you can make those... a good case for Chase Edmonds as well. There's a bit of a range of outcomes for him too. Yep. Yeah, I like Chase. I do like Chase. So if he can get out there and maybe catch a few passes off to her, that, uh, that'll only add to add to the squad. And as uh, as you touched on, sort of J.K. Dobbins might not be uh, available early days, but what you do have is amazing coverage in the wide receiver room. Do you want to go through that those players, Ben? Absolutely, and I think one name that, that you must be excited to look at when you look at your roster now. C.D. Lamb just sitting there. He's probably uh, one of the most exciting dynasty wide receivers going around. Coupled with A.J. Brown, who's been traded to Philly in the offseason. D.J. Moore, a bit of a polarizing uh, player on in this league. Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Robbie Anderson, Nikhil Harry, Denzel Mims. It's a pretty solid uh, group you got there, especially that top end and... I guess just even from a redraft point of view where these blokes are, are going off the board, it's they're all pretty high prospects for this upcoming season. Can we uh, can we settle the dispute once and for all here, Camo? Now, <laughs> DJ Moore, who do you want him throw, throwing the ball? Do you want Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold? I'm team Baker for sure. Um, I think it's really cute that Carolina have kind of drawn it out this long and we'll continue to draw it out probably a couple more weeks but I think we all know that uh, they are simply just taking the piss aren't they it's well, obviously going to be no, I was going to say 11 of us know uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to ask Cod if settle it, settle the debate once and for all is DJ more good because yeah. yeah, that's what Papa I was has some conflicting opinions what are your thoughts on DJ more this year come on I'm very excited very excited for DJ Moore. Um, we've seen his floor over the past four seasons. And, uh, you know, while we're on doubling numbers, I think if he doubles his touchdowns to eight, uh, that uh, will just really elevate him into the top 12 wide receivers, which will uh, be very handy for my squad. I reckon Big he- fan. I reckon you can make that case for any player. If they doubled their touchdowns, they're probably going to have a pretty good season, I would have thought. James Conner, if he has 36 touchdowns. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> He's gonna be Kids has two touchdowns. That'll be huge. Were you surprised that you were able to pry CeeDee Lamb uh, from Thais's roster there? I'm, I'm very intrigued by this because it's not like this guy under-delivered. Um, they got rid of Amari Cooper. and I'm, Am I right in saying that they got rid of Amari before you even made this trade as well? Uh, if they didn't, it was basically guaranteed anyway. Yeah. Um, but with this trade, I got Dak and Lamb in the same deal. So Amari leaving kind of hurt Dak as much as it helped Lamb. So it was kind of a non, a bit of a non-factor in the in the trade. But I think Matty Mac floated the idea like the first or second week of January, and it took us about three months to come to terms. So it was a very uh, long and drawn out process, but. One, I think, that worked out well for both of us in the end. Well, I actually think it's one worth exploring because it's 
it probably didn't go under the radar at the time, but it's it's a massive trade because um, mm. it happened from memory sort of January, February in the early portions of this year. Oh, sorry, maybe a bit later than that. A- April, um, yeah. But anyway, you actually got... You got, so you got Prescott, C.D. Lamb, and Gabe Davis, who was receiving more and more buzz. To, don't worry about the fact you got rid of him now. Um, you also got a second in that. You gave away Joe Burrow, uh, Jarrett Patterson, two firsts, which were mine and Ben's, and a third. So sort of your net result is, let's say, the second and third sort of somewhat cancel out. Two firsts um, to flip Burrow into Prescott, C.D. Lamb, and Gabe Davis. It's a, it's a monster trade. Yeah, huge. So, what was the really what was is. the sticking point in the end? So, where did it sort of hinge between yeah, so not getting done and getting done? I think um, Matt and myself agreed on Burrow's value. We agreed on City Lamb's value. We agreed on the value of twenty three firsts. It was really Dak was the sticking point. Was that um, I didn't rate Dak as highly as as Matt did. So, from my perspective, Burrow is a tier above. Dak, uh, whereas most would have them pretty equal. So if you've got them equal, then two first for CD Lamb was on the mark. So that's kind of where the deal was at. Um, but with me having Burrow rated so much higher than Dak, um, I didn't want to part with two firsts. Um, however, Matt really specified that it was only going to be two firsts that would get the deal done. So as a result of that, obviously I needed something coming back my way to cover. Um, for that so that's where Gabe Davis sort of came into it um Gabe Davis is from my perspective a, tra- a tradable asset straight away um, he's someone that's got a lot of hype about him so I knew once I brought him in I'd then be able to you know parcel him up with something else and recoup that sort of the first value back um which is what transpired yeah it's, a, it's an interesting mindset from both parties sort of you you going, I want to add depth to my team, and Matt probably the opposite, saying I'm I'm willing to sell some of my good players for draft picks. Um, so it's interesting straight after he sort of won it, and maybe that plays into it. We'll ask him next week, but um, that mindset around basically, um, they, you both had different ways of looking at what next year represents for you both. Can you just talk me through how hard Matt had to work to pry Jarrett Patterson out of your hands as well? I think um, he had. Gibson at the time so as a result it was more just like a handcuff sort of setup throw him in um that I think it was the final piece actually to get the deal done that's what got so, it over the key contributor Jeez. and then uh yeah of course after that Gibson um, Matt sends Gibson to me and then I sent him a fourth or something for Patterson as well so could have saved ourselves some time and now he's on the waivers well that's all yeah. That's all fun and well, boys, but let's get to the best position group in all of world sport. And it's a strong, deep group, I think. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we'll go with TJ Hawkinson, obviously rules the roost here. Um, Probably top five, we could could say tight end, dynasty tight end moving forward. No? Ben? Nah. Nah? Hey, shit. (laughs) Gerald Everett, we'll, uh, we'll get to him. That Taysom Hill, is that correct? Yep, yep. Sneaky little one. Oh, well, we won't give him anything. No offense. Um, Donald Parham. We must get to this. The newly acquired Hunter Long, Trey McKitty, and Tom Tremble, a couple of young guys there. Um, probably 
see where they end up um, in a couple of years. But uh, let's talk about Gerald Everett here. It's obviously you secured the position group with Donald Parham. Um, it's obviously your team here. Where where can you see these tight ends fitting in the um, Chargers offense? Yeah, so I was lucky enough to acquire Everett last year and then when he was a free agent, I was really hoping he'd land at the Chargers because there's obviously a hole there for a position there for him, um, which he's uh, now looking to take. And I can see, um, you know, the tight ends at the Chargers probably scored 10 touchdowns for the season. So it will just depend that split, whether it's just one of them or whether they're sharing it. Um, and that's going to be awkward if they're sharing it, of course, because then I'm not going to know who to uh, potentially plug into a flex spot. Um, but there's plenty of opportunity there. Um, Herbert really likes the tight end down in the red zone. So I can see there being some opportunities there. And I can also say I've given you, Brody, about 12 one-liners you could roll with and they're spinning around your head right now waiting to see what you're going to what you're gonna come up with next. Ben, <laughs> I was going to say that the mutual respect between these two, it's bordering on sickening at times. But <laughs> I, I now can work out why. The man's got eight tight ends. Yeah. No wonder Hod loves him so much. That is extraordinary. Do you really need that many, mate? Well, we're speaking the leisure suit. Larry, are you surprised? <laughs> you can never have enough. Love the tight end or eight. I, uh, I also love the fact that you set him up with about four or five one-liners, and I don't think the bloke heard a single one of them because he was too busy uh, flicking well, through a few messages, maybe just securing <laughs> another tight end. Hey, Ben, it is 9.45. And That's what I was looking at. We know what might happen at 9.45 tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, Brody, 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 Brody. Well, shall we move on, boys? <laughs> keep, keep oh, this please moving. do. Please do. We've got to keep this we... moving, otherwise Hod might drop out like you did a bit earlier. Yeah, technical difficulties, we'll call drop it. Out. Drop, drop out and drop in. <laughs> Draft picks, Camo. There's really nothing to talk about here because you alluded to it earlier. You've uh, you've stocked up your assets in terms of players and left yourself pretty thin here. Uh, twenty twenty three second, but it is the DFS. That's a nice pick. Could be um, twenty twenty four, a couple of fourths, and then a third and a fourth in twenty twenty five. So not really too much to go on here, boys. Have we got anything for the draft picks there? No, nah, we just yeah. we call the we call the twenty twenty four lot of draft picks the Jimbo special two fourths, two fourths. You could get a lot for those if you flip them to Jim. Who knows? Absolutely. We'll go through Absolutely. this. Uh, you know what? Let's let's scrap the average age. I don't think yeah, anyone cares, do they, Hod? No, 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 no. Definitely scrap it. <laughs> get off Definitely. It. There's actually, well, you do it. Yeah, you do it. Go, mate. All right. All right. Let's, let's bring the best segment on the pod. Um, average list age, come up. Now... You had a shocking first year. Let's just not sugarcoat it. Uh, how yep. old were you then in terms of ranking in the league? Uh, I'm going to say I was the fifth oldest. Fifth? Yep. Well, you do like to double things. We'll go to 10th. Uh, 2021? I'm going to roll with fifth again. We'll go to eighth. Now, interestingly, though, you've gone from 26.8 only down to 26.7 with a couple of spots. And then uh, last year, uh, sorry, this year, this year, moving into this year, where are you sitting when you're right up there? Top three teams. 
Just ask let's him. Go, let's go with third. Ooh, we'll double it again. Sixth, your middle of the pack. So a, Unbelievable. A, a beautiful age to take on the crown. Just a just nice say, the pack, not too young, not too old. What do these age stats actually uh, kind of <laughs> no mean? Oh, they they add up to about a couple of minutes of content that we can fill each week. <laughs> That's kind of where we're at. But you spoke about Hod. You said that this was the best segment on the pod. I reckon you could be sorely mistaken on that one. Did you want to add something before I continue with this thought? Uh, the only thing I was going to add, Ben, is you once upon a time loved this segment, and since Camo bashed your squad, you're just disinterested in everything we've got to go. Yeah, look, my confidence has taken a bit of a knock since uh, the Justin Herbert number one fan came on. It made me sort of uh, take a bit of a DFF stock take on on my actions here, and maybe maybe he's onto something. Maybe I shouldn't have traded. Maybe I should have held on to Herbert, and things would be a bit different. And uh, my squad would look entirely different. But all that aside, I, I don't second-guess myself on this. And that this is the number one segment of all time on the pod. And I could be referring to none other than the Ideas Man. Mayor is an Ideas Man. All right, I've got a situation. That's why Dad calls him the Ideas Man. All right, question. He has lots of ideas. So you're out in the wilderness. You are an Ideas Man. 100%. Hod, we need you to walk back to your desk, mate. You can't walk off from that one. We need you here to listen to this. Don't worry about who's knocking on your front door in the next couple of minutes. We've got Camo on. We're going to absolutely get your thoughts, but Hod, you've always got plenty to say on this um, on this segment when it does feature. So we need your thoughts on this one. Here's our latest idea from the Ideas Man. I was like, get rid of the weather people on the channel. <laughs> And replace, uh, my idea was replace it with something that's educational for society. So you could have like that segment, right? Whether it's like a five minute segment, anything on that that's educational on how to, something about the planet, animals, whatever it is. And if you really want the weather, have a little ticker at the bottom while the news is going on. Because seriously, I don't need to know what the weather is in Timbuktu and in Bonnie (laughs) Doon. Right? The people have the weather and they can check it on their phones. They're, no one's like, tuning in just for the yeah, weather. Yeah, but what about you can have Valerie from Moody Pods? They can What's have it on the do? ticker. It's going to be 32, it's small. It's 32 yeah. degrees today. Mate, Mate, just because no, no, no. I don't buy age. You're putting Jade Bunch out of... Uh, All right, so he's... It's well and truly, I think, clear that this bloke is in his element when he's not put under pressure and having to manufacture these. They're an organic thought that he just comes out with, so we have to be on the ready to record these, almost like David Attenborough in the wild. Just capture this for the pod. Give us your thoughts there, Camo. What's your take on this? Get rid of the weather. What's the point? It's pointless. Antiquated. I'm with Brody when it comes to this uh, this segment. No. Oh. I get the point. There's, you know, we've all got the bomb app. Just look up the weather on that before you leave the house, and that's fine. But maybe just some extra sport or something on the news for anyone that watches it these days. That's all I got for you. Sorry, Ben. Well, there you go. He makes such a good point that you took the energy out of the room. Hod, give us your thoughts. No, there's no thoughts to give. It's Mayor, it's the only fitting thing is the weatherman because Mayor is the sort of person that could fuck up his job every day and still have a job. That's all I've got to say on the weatherman. 
I tell you, Ben, you you referenced uh, David Attenborough, that 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 type of style with having to get a thought from Mayer. You could do a David Attenborough doco on the way he eats a palmer. It is unbelievable. <laughs> it would go for an hour, and it would be riveting the way he gets through the forest, and then the chippies, and then the uh, the final chicken. But uh, my God, he takes a while. Well. I'm going to pick up on a cue of one bloke here who's talking off screen right now, yeah, so we yeah, better wrap this shit up super quick. Unless there will not be a seven-minute outro this week. No seven-minute outro. I was fearful of playing this because Keeney just fires up when he hears this music. Yeah, he's a fucking sex pest. <laughs> Mayor? Are you still talking about Mayor and his ideas? <laughs> Odd. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, Camo, you've... Uh, You've come on and had nothing but insight about not only your team, but everything that is this league. And we expected nothing less out of you. So thanks again for not only jumping on once, but twice, even with technical difficulties. You didn't let that stand in the way. You got the burner phone out and made it all work. So thank you very much for jumping on tonight. Thanks for having me on, boys. Uh, hit me up with for a trade, guys. Always uh, ready and willing. Keeney. I love it. Uh, thanks, Kamo. Looking forward to this year and to see how your team goes. I think you'll be right in the mix. Certainly top three combo if you, if you get my drift. And looking forward to you seeing that. coming with a charge. Part of the pun. Hod, over to you, mate. Finish up quick. Make it quick, mate. It is. It, there is the ultimate respect. He is the leader of the best division in world sport. And I think we have the name of the podcast, boys. Technical difficulties. Over and out. Do you count spiders? Really? Nice.